And I'm thankful for this, this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another draft edition of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and you know the guy. He's still with us. He's Ryan. What's up, man? <laughs> Ready to talk about another group. Always excited to talk Grizz Draft. Yep, we are hitting on, you guessed it, the Shooters. So we have bow, 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 we have bow, bow, four bow. guys, four guys that we have here, and we're gonna we're gonna break them down because these are guys that could be you know the shooter that the Grizzlies need, uh, but they're all long. And so that's going to be a good fit with the Grizzlies. And Ryan, as you know, he's going to give you on his scale of how they fit with these Grizzlies, because I think that's important. But also, you might not know these guys as much as he does, but I don't know them at all. Let's just be honest. (laughs) No, I know a little bit about them. We've been doing a lot of draft prep for a while now, and uh, we kind of narrowed it down to these four guys that will be in the spot where the Grizzlies are. So spots 22, 29, and then possibly – falling back into the 47 spot. But if any of these guys are there at 47, the Grizzlies are drafting them 10 times out of 10. There's no way they're falling that far. All right, so let's get it going. The first guy we have up, this is the hardest name, so I'm starting with him first, Ochai Abaji. Did I do well? Yeah, I think that's right on. Yes. And I don't think anybody's going to argue any little consonant sounds that you might miss on him. Everybody knows who it is. We saw him in the... NCAA national champion being the outstanding player for the final four and all that stuff um, for Kansas, but pure catch and shoot guy. If you watched him, he was on fire from three. And I think this is why he's getting buzz in the mid uh, teens now for the draft before I believe he was in the mid to late twenties. And uh, I think he went back to school last year because he wasn't even getting first round buzz. So now all of a sudden he's a mid teens guy. So this is actually a guy that I'm not super excited about, even though he is a catch and shoot guy. He is technically a shooter in this class, um, but he's six, four and a half without shoes. If you've listened to the previous episodes, you know, I have some criteria that uh, we like to look for. So he doesn't have great size for his position and his position is probably going to be a scoring guard or a combo guard. The thing is there's not much combo to him because I think he does have kind of a lower ceiling. I think people enticed by the athletic side of him, the jumping, um, his physical profile, he looks to be strong. If you just look at his arms and his build, Um, but he's just to me, just a pure catch and shoot guy. Um, so mainly his positional height, if he's catch and shoot, usually you're kind of, you know, two to four, if you're going more traditional with that, but he's going to be quote unquote, a combo guard. And he's not a creator at all to me. And he's not great with the ball in his hands. So I think he turns it over. So you're talking about taking an almost six foot five guy to just be a catch and shoot guy who's going to be then who's he guarding on the other end of the floor 
Um, so he's a good player. He's a good shooter. But I hope he's gone by the time it gets to the Grizzlies at 22 because I don't want them to get enticed. But if you're going to get him, you've got, you're probably going to have to package both together to get up into the mid-teens to get him. And this is just one of those typical March Madness overreactions to performance type players to me personally. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, just looking at his stats, like he, you know, averaged eight points in his first year. He is a senior. He's one of the oldest guys that the Grizzlies uh, potentially, you know, that we are looking at uh, because he is a senior. But he, you know, six five frame started off with eight points, you know, at the year 2018-2019 uh, season. He ended up averaging 18, so that's a 10-point increase. Other stats that look at was mainly his three-point percentage. He shot 30% from three. His senior year, he grew roughly 3 to 4% every year and ended with a 40.9% from three. So he's a good catch-and-shoot player like you talked about. But is that all he does? And in the NBA – you can be that guy, but having to package a bunch of picks to go up there and get him, that's tough, and that's the issue. I don't think in any world that he falls down into the 20s. So with that being said, you have to put a price on, the, on his head. Like if you're already at pick 14 and you're there and he's there for you, that's, a, that's different than having to take two picks to move up to get him. So I think that there's a lot of you know, good talent in this, um, in this draft. So getting up that high and what you have to give up to get him, I think that's going to be completely tough. Yeah, I agree because it's the positional height and who he defends to me is I don't think he warrants that pick. And eventually he'll probably be just a role guy, right? And he's not saying he'll be out of the league or he'll be a bust, quote unquote, because mid to late teens is not bust territory. But um, I'm not taking a guy who can only catch and shoot who's only going to be able to guard ones or twos or just twos. I need someone more versatile if I'm going to take him in the mid to late teens or the early twenties of the first round. So he's personally a pass for me, but I get why people are excited about him because all the stuff he showed in March Madness and his development at Kansas. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, prisoner of the moment, I don't want the Grizzlies to be that. And honestly, he, he doesn't seem like the guy that the Grizzlies go for. Um, he doesn't seem like that's the direction they're trying to do with putting a lot of size and athleticism um, surrounding jaw, especially people that can play defense. Uh, let's keep going. Next guy, Patrick Baldwin Jr. He went to his his dad's school, right, Milwaukee. <laughs> um, his dad got fired, at, mm. you know, at the end of the year. Uh, mm. Not not ideal. He <laughs> took a major step back from being potentially a top ten pick in this draft. Uh, he was coming out of high school, was highly touted. Uh, he has a lot of size, and he can shoot, but he has not shown a whole lot the last two years. Ever since he got that big number in high school, his senior year didn't look good. I think it ended with injury. His, his freshman year ended with injury as well. So uh, give us your thoughts on Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yeah, you said size. He's 6'9 and a quarter without shoes. Wingspan is almost seven foot two. Um not in an explosive athlete, but like you said, he is a shooter. Think Michael Porter Jr. when you think about Pat Baldwin Jr. Um, now, Pat, Michael Porter Jr. is more athletic than Pat, but 
it's that type of gamble. Michael Porter Jr., you know, when the Nuggets took him, whatever it was in the teens, Michael Porter Jr., if his medical records aren't one of the worst, you know, they've ever seen, he's probably a top three pick, right? And he played very well for the Nuggets, good enough to get paid that massive salary and then went down with injury. So Pat Baldwin, to me, this is the gamble of the pick that if the Grizzlies are going to make one, it's I think it's worth it for this type player. Not super athletic, questionable defense because he doesn't have these. He, he's not great laterally. He's not super quick, but he's super long. He's versatile. He can shoot. He has huge high upside potential. His shot mechanics look great. It's not a lot of effort. It's very fluid. But the background is a red flag. Um, he did go to Milwaukee to play with, you know, to play for his dad. That's why my Milwaukee hired his dad in the first place. And then as soon as that season went south and it went very south for Milwaukee fast, um, Pat Baldwin Jr. was out and so was his dad. So there's red flags there. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not going to try to assume anything. It's all, we, we trust this Grizzlies front office and this talent, talent, you know, uh, group to scout him out to kind of see. And if they're not taking him, if he's available at 22, which FYI, I think he's going to get steamed up and he might be mid to late teens. But if he's there at 22 and they don't take him, then there's definitely some big red flags that they evaluate through this process because he is the most perfect fit for this Grizzlies team that I think of most of these guys. Now there's another player in this group that I think is a fantastic fit for the Grizzlies for what they're trying to do. But Michael Porter Jr. type gamble. Is he going to pay off like what he did for the Nuggets and raise them to, you know, a Western Conference championship run level? Or is he going to be the potentially injury prone version of Michael Porter Jr. where he gets a massive contract, plays well for the first couple years, gets a massive contract and then he disappears forever? or just has all these issues off the court regardless that keep him from playing well for the Grizzlies. But he's a gamble that I would probably take a swing on because the Grizzlies have afforded themselves that luxury. Yeah. Would you move up to get him? <sighs> Not very much. I, will, I mean, if I could give up 22 and 29 to get him at 18 or 17, I'd probably do it if they evaluated that everything in his background, the injury stuff, the reports aren't bad, I, I would consolidate to get Pat Baldwin. I, and actually, mm -hmm. I think that's what they're going to do is not draft Pat Baldwin, but I think they're going to use the two first-round picks to consolidate, consolidate to get one guy in the mid to late teens is how I kind of feel. Um, Pat, Baldwin is, Pat Baldwin is definitely a candidate if he's still there. Okay. Well, he's definitely the guy who, you know, when I think of Zaire Williams last year, like he had the, the great high school, you know, ranking, went to college. His first year was a little weird. Didn't play out as well. There's a lot of stuff surrounding it, but he wasn't injured. That's the only thing that throws me as a curveball is the injury here because injury uh, endings, you know, in his season at the high school level and then his first year, um, he did not play many games. And when he played, he didn't shoot well at all. 
there's the stats just aren't there. He he went six of six from three against Robert Morris in one game, but the rest there's not many rebounds. His first two games he had eleven rebounds in each game. After that, the highest he got was nine once, and then it was like four and five majority of the time. The points weren't there. He averaged twelve points the season. He ended up averaging five point eight rebounds, uh, one and a half assists. Being the guy on a team and one of the major big players on a team and and not really producing is a little weird to me. Uh, but also a little stat here coming out of the combine. Uh, he had the uh, the lowest max vert at the combine completely. Yeah. Third lowest <laughs> in the last 10 years. Third yeah. lowest. Like that just shows that he's not athletic. He could be, like you said, he could be that player that has injuries and you take a swing on late and he's complete upside. And if it doesn't pan out, you're not hurting yourself in the future. You're just hurting yourself right now. Like you could have got two decent players, 22, 29, and called it a day. But instead, you package those to move up to the 17, 18 mark to see if you can grab Baldwin. So um, I, I agree with that. I think he's a, a good potential, good talent, but I don't think he's uh, the guy uh, unless they really do a good, thorough background. And if, they, if it comes out and they're smelling like roses and he plays well, we can't say enough about this organization. They're doing the right thing. So, all right, yeah. uh, let's let's keep it going. I know we have four guys in this draft, so we want to go to the next guy, Bryce McGowan's. What you got on him? <sighs> six five and a quarter without shoes, almost six foot nine wingspan, so about average. Um, his no step vert wasn't great, and he wasn't super fast in the sprint. I would say average. Uh, but the kind of thing about him was that he's kind of touted as a three-level shot maker. And I don't know if I could say three-level. I don't think he's a great three-point shooter. He's got good shot mechanics. Nothing looks bad with it. He probably projects as a solid, you know, role-playing shooter. But I don't think he's a guy who's going to be in your top eight um, rotation when it comes down to it. Uh, he's a wild card to me out of this group and he's getting a lot of buzz because when I start, you know, start prepping for this draft stuff, uh, it was shocking to see him in the mid to late teens to the early twenties. Cause I was like, man, I feel like I watched this kid college basketball season. He played for Nebraska. He was absolutely everything for Nebraska and Nebraska was trash. Now he's a freshman. And he had to, he was tasked with doing everything. So high volume leads obviously to better opportunities. And I think all of his numbers are inflated because of that. So I'm always a little worried about high usage guys, especially in college as a freshman, because we know in the NBA, this guy's not going to get drafted at 22 and then come in and be starting you know, combo guard for the Grizzlies. Like, it's just not going to happen. So is he going to be an efficient guy in a much lesser role? I mean, he scored almost 17 points per game, playing virtually almost every minute for Nebraska, where the ball was in his hands every single time down the floor. So I'm going to ask for a guy who had 17 points per game as a freshman, which is a good mark for a freshman, but on a crappy Nebraska team who he had to do everything and if he didn't do it, they sucked. Um, I'm a little worried about those guys. I'm very cautious. So he's an option. He's probably the weakest of the four shooters that we have in this group. 
even though he has been kind of profiled as that. Um, but he does have a smooth stroke, and the potential is there. I just don't think he's ever going to crack your top seven, top eight rotation type guy. Yeah, he had, um, like you said, inflated numbers, but he shot 27.4% from three. Like, that's the issue is he's very athletic, and he very much could be, you know, Zaire-esque, but he's much more athletic, you know, than Zaire was, but he's not as good of a shooter. So it really depends on what they're, you know, adding to their like what's their value that they're putting on the talent is it getting just a guy who that fits a certain role or are they going for upside you know like Patrick Baldwin Jr. we talked about uh, there's a lot of different ways the Grizzlies can go which is a good good problem to have uh, but as you said with him he is probably the you know the worst shooter out of this group and so I'm curious I'm curious what direction they go but also they could, you know, take the chance and say that there's two guys that are just sitting there at 22 and 29 that they could say, hey, we're going to draft two good shooters at 22 and 29, right, and take our pick. And whichever one does better, they're going to be on the team going forward, and the other one probably will just kind of wither away uh, and either be moved on the next year or the next two years or just enjoy the G League for, you know, the long term. Uh, so – I, there's there's so many different directions they can go. Sorry to interrupt. The news just broke that Terquavion Smith will be heading back into the NCAA and heading back to NC State, where he'll be going back into his sophomore season. We are about to go into Terquavion Smith and how he fits for the Grizzlies. So if you want to, just keep tuning in because we're going to give you a little bit more in-depth analysis of the player that he is. He should have another breakout season this year at NC State uh, where he'll be more than just a projected first-round pick. If he has the season that he would think he would have going back where he potentially would be a NBA-level player, he's going to have that in the NCAA for sure. He could potentially be the ACC Player of the Year. Okay, let's get you back to the show. Here comes Terquavion Smith. Let's go to the next guy. And this guy <laughs> is very much a uh, a late riser, but I know mm. he's somebody that you had on your list since day one, I believe, uh, yes. since we were doing this. And that's Terquavion Smith. Yes, very, 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 very excited to talk about Terquavion. I love this kid. Um, think new age Jamal Crawford. He's skinny. He's not as tall as Jamal. I mean, he's not even six foot three, um, but he's fast, athletic. His catch and shoot potential is through the roof, um, and he has unlimited range. Uh, he's a pretty good pick and roll operator for North Carolina State. This is another one where the team sucked, um, and he. I don't think he was on anybody's radar to begin the college basketball season, and then he lit up like Syracuse in their zone and was throwing fireballs from three against Duke, I believe, in North Carolina. And people were like, okay, maybe we should pay attention to this kid. So this is a guy who went from coming into the season probably not even being drafted to now he's a locked first round. Um, This is a guy I would love to have at 22. I think he'll actually be there. I don't think he'll rise to get into the teens. I mean, it's it's completely possible. Um, But he's skinny. He's going to have to build strength. I mean, think of Bones Highland, you know, drafted last year by the Nuggets that everyone loved. Um, just a skinny player, but 
a much better shooter than Bones Highland. And so give this guy NBA space with actual NBA players, and I think he'll thrive, just like Bones thrived with the Nuggets this year in actual space. And everybody was hurt for the Nuggets, right? But NBA space and professionals around him, and obviously Jokic as an MVP hub, um, he thrived in that spot. And I think Turquavion would be a phenomenal fit with the Grizzlies, even though he is a little undersized. The issues would obviously be defensively. I don't know if he could play with Jaw. It would be two shorter guards. It's just a, probably a bad fit defensively. Probably not guarding anybody, but good luck trying to stay with us. Um, yeah. So I like the fit from more of an entertainment value, <laughs> but he probably is kind of a seventh or eighth guy who can get hot really quickly. And that is, you know, someone the Grizzlies need, right? They need someone who can come in and just knock down shots, create open opportunities for others. Um, so I, I'm very excited about Turquavion and certainly would take him at 22 if he's available. Yeah, Turquavion could be a guy who just like a microwave, right? He is the, the new age Jamal Crawford. Uh, 6'4", 160 pounds. He's small. He's obviously going to get uh, bigger and, you know, and kind of grow into his frame. Uh, but he he was definitely just shooting the lights out. When I, and when I thought about this guy, I was thinking more of Mr. Do Something, D'Anthony Melton, right? <laughs> D'Anthony Melton, yeah. he's not the tallest guy. Um, and he kind of lights it up for the Grizzlies and they kind of take off and he is active. Uh, but you could obviously back him down if you're a bigger guard but he's, he's just kind of everywhere. That's the way the Grizzlies would have to be if they had him and John in the lineup. He would pretty much just have to be the quick microwave, the, the quick death lineup. Maybe you jump on somebody, get energized, and then you, you, know, you sub you know, jaw out and bring in the backup point guard and kind of uh, solidify you know, that role. That would be you know, the only position I would see with him playing alongside jaw. It's just doing something quick. Hopefully you get some movement running up and down the court, uh, pretty much just trying to run out from these guys. And so, and a lot of times that's kind of what D'Anthony Melton was doing when he was playing alongside of Jaw. So uh, I'm curious as to how uh, they draft, but getting a guy like this who can fill it up from anywhere, is, it's, it's never a bad thing, right? It, it's no. hard to go against when you get a guy like this. So, um, all right, let's go down the, uh, the draft order real quick that we just did. And let's go ahead and give your grade and how they fit with this team and maybe a little bit of your love for them and see who you would actually want out of these four if they're all there uh, whenever the Grizzlies are picking. And then we're going to go with Ochai Abaji. I think I, I, <laughs> I, I got close again. I think you're two for two. If you would just fake confidence on saying it, no one would ever know. But your uh, hesitancy with saying it, then you're kind of selling it that you're not sure <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, not even close to sure. <laughs> no, with with Ochai, it's a four. I give him a four out of ten. If I'm going to get a catch-and-shoot guy, he needs to be 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, um, Ochai is, you know, barely 6'4", and who is he going to guard on the other end? So such a limited ceiling. I don't like the fit. I give him a four out of ten, which is my most harsh rating right. so far. All right, let's go with Patrick Baldwin, Jr., I have to give Pat a seven. Um, I think he fits the team seamlessly. And this is the vice versa versa of Abaji. 
right? This is a 6'9 plus shooter um, with actual versatility and a great ceiling. So if you're wanting to bet on talent, this is the guy to take. Um, the red flag stuff, the defense, the not an explosive athlete is okay. Cause I think, you know, the Suns are okay with Cam Johnson and they took him 10th and he's a good role-playing shooter for that. That's probably kind of where his position would be for us. Um, but yeah, I would give him a seven for the fit that he would provide for the Grizzlies. The questions, the reason he's not nine or 10 is just the background of it. Will right. he fit the mental profile that this Grizzlies franchise kind of has? 100%. And he's not very athletic, but, uh, you know, Desmond Bain isn't exactly the, you know, the athlete, right, of the group. Like, his yeah. arms look <laughs> like he could lift off the house, but he's, he doesn't have that just oozing athleticism, and he's done well for the Grizzlies. Uh, all right, keep moving. Bryce McGowans. Yeah, he's, um, he's a four for me as well. Didn't say it before, but his defense is horrific. He cannot stay in front of every anyone. Um, so who he's guarding at the next level, he couldn't contain ones in college. I certainly not expect him to contain one through four through college. So I think he's very limited player. I would stay away from him. Kind of surprised that he's as high as he is on most mocks and people's draft boards. Um, so he's a four for me. Wow, I'm shocked at these numbers. All right, I know this one's going to be high. <laughs> Terquavion Smith. Oh, Terquavion's a nine. Um, and Terquavion's a nine because you've mentioned it. He's the replacement for DeAnthony Melton, but with a higher ceiling. Um, so if they're going to move on from DeAnthony, which there's probably coming a tipping point with that, right? I know that. The t- his teammates love him. He fits in great with this team. But you get to a point in a rise for a franchise that you kind of have to make hard decisions, um, even though you love guys and you've got to let guys go. And D'Anthony Melton is just one of those guys to me, and I'm sorry. Uh, but I can replace him with Terquavion, who has a much higher ceiling, much better shooting capability. I'm going to do it. 10 out of 10. So he's a nine for me. The only question is the height and the skinniness. Um, and will be, will he be on par defensively with what D'Anthony Melton provides? Yeah, that's the big question out of him. I think at, uh, everybody has their questions on these four guys. And I think that uh, they're all valid. Uh, I'm going to give mine, uh, Ochai, I'm going to give him a five just because I think he can still be a good shooter. Um, Patrick Baldwin Jr., I have a different take on him. I think he is a six. If you have to move up and get him, I think if he falls to you at the 22, 29 area and you're able to get him there, I think he's an eight. So I'm either a six or eight, depending on which direction they go, just because I like the upside. And especially if you're staying and not having to give up anything else, I like the, uh, the shot at upside Uh, Bryce McGowan's we're going to go ahead with a five as well. I think he's just kind of run the mill. I don't think he could, you know, hurt you by drafting him. I think there's potential talent that they could, you know, put around him. Uh, Turquavion, I, I like him as well. He is the microwave guy, and so I'm going to go with an eight on him. Not as quite as high on him as you are, but with eight, just for the simple fact that I don't know what they do with Ja and him together. So that's the biggest mm-hmm. uh, question mark um, on them. But um, anything else you have on these four? 
no fun to talk about these four can't wait for the next group we're gonna be back don't you worry but that's all we have make sure you give us a follow if you have a second you can subscribe rate review anywhere you find podcasts we'd love for you to give us a rating or review on apple or spotify it helps us move up in front of people as we continue to rise uh, with here at Grizz901. Uh, follow us at, at the Grizz901 podcast. You can follow us there. I made that podcast or that Twitter account not too long ago. Uh, on Twitter at Grizzlead, we were at Grizz underscore lead. You can follow me at Daniel Greer. You can follow Ryan at RD Meadows 11. That's enough. We'll be back. You'll see us again. Be nice and tell your friends.